are tonight, in case this is your first week, um, we are finishing up a series we've been in the last couple of weeks called In the Beginning. And um, I, I feel like, um, in, just in, in having conversations with many of you and talking to small group leaders and, and coaches in the room, um, that this is, we've really struck a chord uh, with a lot of you guys. Um, I mean, a lot of you guys have really been wrestling through this. You've been asking a lot of great questions. I mean, there's been some great discussion in, in our small groups. And uh, it's been cool to see. And so I think for, for all of us, this is, a, this is a huge deal. I mean, this is a major topic, something that for, for many of us, I mean, we see every single day or we're talking to people that, um, that this, is, this is a major issue for. And so, um, so it's been cool just to see over the last couple of weeks a lot of the, the questions and the great discussion and, and just seeing you guys wrestle with things. And so um, it's, it's, it's all a part of the process. Um, I think the challenge is, is that, you know, in no way are we over the next three weeks or over the last three weeks going to be able to kind of accomplish something um, or, or be able to say, oh, we've, we figured this thing out or we've, asked, we've answered every question that you guys have. It is, um, this is such a major topic. I think probably for a lot of you guys, we've only scratched the surface maybe of, of just some of the questions you've got or some of the things that you're wrestling with. And so in no way is this kind of, as we finish up the series, are we going, hey, we're done with this. This is, you know, we can move on to the next thing and we'll, we'll bring this up in the next couple of years. Uh, this is something that we've got to constantly wrestle with. We've got to constantly be willing to ask questions and talk to small group leaders and bring up those issues and those things that we're dealing with and be able to constantly seek truth at the end of the day, like we talked about in week one, so that we've, we're able to develop a biblical worldview, for, for you guys in the room, if, if we claim that we love Jesus and yet we don't know what we believe or why we believe it, that's a major issue. And, um, and at some point, we will come across people that will spit in our face, hypothetically, and they will mock us and make fun of us because we believe in this. And if we haven't asked those questions and wrestled with that stuff, then we'll look like fools. So we don't want you to look like a fool. Um, so that's, that's what we've been over the last couple weeks. And so I want to encourage you guys to continue to ask questions, continue to, to bring this up in your small group, and, um, and hopefully for all of us to get to a, a really great place uh, as, as we close this thing up. So we've been, we've really kind of been talking, you know, the first week we talked about creation and looked at that specific thing. Uh, last week we had Gary Bates here, and, and he looked more at, at evolution and talked a little bit about that. And, um, and so tonight what we're going to do is the reason why this matters such a big deal is because of what we're going to talk about tonight. I mean, tonight what we're going to try to do is we're going to make it personal. Because this isn't just one of those things that, go, that we can say, it doesn't really matter whether God exists or whether he created things. Does it really matter? Because at the end of the day, for every single one of us, it's personal. There is, a, there is a personal attachment to this issue. And why, that's what makes this such a big deal. And so that's where we're going to go tonight. Um, we, uh, in, in week one, we looked at, we talked about creation. And we went back to Genesis chapter one. And, uh, and the first verse that kicks off the entire Bible is Genesis 1.1, which says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, that's how the whole story begins, is that it is God who spoke it into existence. Now, we didn't mention this in week one, but something I found interesting is the Hebrew word 
for created in this verse is the word bara. All right? Everybody say bara. That was terrible. Everybody say bara, like with feeling. There you go. Like you're a, you're a Jew and you believe it. Whatever. So bara, all right? That's the Hebrew word for created, bara. And here's what it means. It means to create, to shape, or to form. To create, shape, or form. Now, we talked about in week one that it wasn't, one day God just wasn't bored and he sort of snapped his fingers and all of a sudden everything just appeared. All right, what we talked about is that God put a lot of work and a lot of emphasis and what that Hebrew word bara means is that there was work involved. There was detail. There was purpose with which God created and spoke it into existence. That it wasn't just kind of a spur of the moment thing, but that God worked and he, and he put effort into it to make it what it is. Now, God created the, the when, you, when you think about this, God created the universe and the world. All right, God created everything. And as we mentioned at the beginning, God created with that time and matter and space. All right? Now, what that means, I want to just, this is going to help us get to where we want to get to. What that means, if God created time and matter and space, it means that God is so big that he is not limited to time or matter or space. God is not restricted by any of those things. In fact, God is not even restricted to our own ability to understand him. Now, for a lot of us in the room, and I'm like this too, I mean, I, I want to I have answers. I want to understand things. I want to be able to get my mind around certain things. I don't want to just go, oh yeah, I believe it, whatever. I want to be able to work through it and figure it out and be able to understand it. And I think there's a lot of us in the room who are like that. But here's the thing that we've got to understand. Sometimes we put so much emphasis in our ability to reason. We put so much importance on our ability to understand or the power of the mind. And if we don't understand something, then it becomes very difficult for us to be able to accept it and to believe that it's truth. But part of what makes God so big and so incredible is that he is not restricted by whether or not we can understand him. God doesn't have to dumb himself down to us. God is much bigger, not only than time and matter and space, but even our ability to understand him. Which is a big deal because if we can really fully get our minds around God and understand everything about him, even though we want to, that sort of limits God, doesn't it? I mean, if you think about this, go ahead and throw that picture up on the screen. All right, now this is the Milky Way galaxy, all right? For, um, for you guys that don't pay attention in science class, that's the galaxy that we live in, all right? It's not just a candy bar. So this is a massive galaxy, all right? This thing is huge. We talked the first week about it would take us 100 um, 100,000 years going at the speed of light in order to get from one end to the other of the galaxy. All right, it's 100,000 light years in, in distance. All right, that's how big our, the, the galaxy that we live in. Just to put that in perspective, look how small the sun is. All right, it is the sun, our sun that's, that's you know, so much bigger than the earth. Our sun is like a speck of dust in the universe that we live in. 
Now, as a, as a little bit of a side note, I was thinking about this over the last couple of weeks. There, there are people, and maybe some of you are, are in the room who believe in evolution or, or maybe look and go, there's no way that God exists. And, and they are so certain and so sure, you know what, I've reasoned this out, I've thought this through in my head, and there's no way, there's no possibility whatsoever that there's a God who exists. And my response to that would be to show a picture like this and to say, do you understand for all of us that we are a speck of a speck of dust in the universe? And we want to feel like, you know what, I, I am completely certain, I, there's, no, there's no shadow of a doubt in my mind that I've figured everything out and there is no God. When you, when you look at the size of the universe in which we live, most of which we haven't even explored yet, we have no idea what's out there. And for us, in our limited ability to understand and to reason, and as a speck of a speck of dust, as somebody that in the grand scheme of things is so insignificant that we could have the arrogance to say there is no God. Now, I'm not saying that to... To appear arrogant myself, all right? And I think that's one of the dangers we've got to be careful as Christians is that we're, the goal is not for us to win an argument. The goal is not for us to make the other person look stupid in anything we do. But when you look at that and you get a, a, a clear picture of how big the universe is that we live in, and then to put it into perspective, God is here with us at this moment. God is in the room. And at the same time, God is 100,000 light years away at the edge of the Milky Way galaxy. God is, is here in this moment, and God is there in that moment. And it doesn't take him any time to get from one place to, other, to the other. God is simply there in both places. I mean, think about how incredibly big that, that makes God that in, in the grand scheme of how incredibly large our universe is, that it is small in comparison to how big and great our God is. But here's the thing, and what we're going to talk about tonight. A, a picture like that isn't what blows me away about God. I mean, to think about how big and, and powerful and the greatness of God and get a clear picture of that isn't what impresses me most about God. Here's what I'm most blown away with about God. That in God's power and in God's majesty and in God's bigness, that God knows me. Now God doesn't just know some things about me or a few things about me. That God knows everything about me. God knows every single thing about me. I mean, think about what that means. That God, I am a speck of a speck of dust in the universe, and God knows me. You are a speck of a speck of dust in the universe, and yet God knows every single thing about you. Listen to what Psalm 139 says. Verse 1, it says, O Lord, you have examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. 
You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. Now, come on. When you first read that verse, that makes God sound a little bit like a creeper. I'm watching you. I know everything about you. I see when you're at home and what you're doing right now. I mean, how, how freaking weird is that? I mean, if there was some creepy guy named Stan who said that, you know, we would automatically be weirded out and be closing the blinds in our house. And yet when, and I hope there's nobody named Stan in here. Sorry, you're not creepy, Stan. But when God says it, it's totally different. I mean, when you read it, it comes across like, all right, that's a little bit weird, God. You know, you're treading on my territory. Why are you staring at me? You know, why are you looking at me when I'm at home? And yet when you understand how incredible that is and what that thought means for us, I mean, step back and think about that, that the God, the creator of the universe knows everything about you. God knows every thought before you even think it. God sees everything that goes on in your life. God sees the, the, the blessings that you experience. God knows the hurt and the pain that you go through. God watches everything he knows. There's not one emotion that you feel that God doesn't know about. There's not one thought that you have that God doesn't know. There's not one word that's spoken, even in a private conversation with somebody else, that God doesn't hear and understand and see. God knows everything about us. God even knows the condition of our heart. God knows everything. He sees it all. And why is it such a big deal that God knows everything about us? Why is it that God cares so much about the details of our life? Because God is the one that not only spoke the universe into existence, but he also put us together. God also created us. What, what to me makes God so incredible is, is yes, the, how incredibly big he is and complex he is. But in light of all of that and understanding how big God is, that God would know and understand everything that I go through. That God would love me enough that he would give a rip about anything that I feel or what I think about. Psalm 139, starting in verse 15, it goes on. He says, you watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Before you and I even took our first breath, God knew everything about our life, what would happen. God had planned it all out. God knew everything that was going to take place. Now, there's a couple things in your notes that we're going to go through, and, and we're going to go through this pretty fast. A couple things when we talk about how God has created us, Specific things that we've got to be able to understand that makes this so powerful, makes it so incredible. The first thing is that God created us in his image. He created us in his image. Go back to Genesis chapter 1. Verse 1 says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Listen to what it says in verse 27. 
after God had spoken everything into existence, the, the, the earth, the planets, the moon, the stars, everything, he says, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, do you know what, in that verse, what the Hebrew, Hebrew word is for created? It's that same word that we said half-heartedly a few minutes ago, barah. So think about that for a minute. That, that means that the same effort and the same detail and the same commitment that God had when he created the universe, God had when he created you and me. And to take it a step further, God created you and me in his image. Now, as, as you're going through Genesis chapter 1, it talks about all the things that God created. I mean, he, he stops and he says, it is good. He created this and it is good. But then in verse 27, he says that God created us in his image. Now, everything that God creates is good. But how incredible is it that nothing else about the rest of creation is spoken about being created in his image. And yet, when it gets to you and me, God says, he created us in his image. And what that means is that you and I get a chance to reflect the glory and the power of God. God has created us in the very image of himself. And that everything that God is, you and I get a chance to be a reflection of that. You and I get a chance to represent that. Now, maybe there's some of us in the room, and, and I'm sure at, at various parts of our lives, you know, we've, we've all done this. But, you know, maybe some of us, we, we look in the mirror and, you know, the, the image that we see, I mean, we don't always like that. You know, we, we, we're, we're really good at kind of picking out the imperfections or the things that we would change if we could. Or, you know, we look in the mirror and we're, you know, especially around the holidays, we're carrying around a little bit extra weight than we want to and, you know, we've got, we've got all these things about our body that we would change. And physically speaking, maybe we look in the mirror and we don't like what we see. And it's not just for you ladies in the room. I mean, there, there are guys who struggle with this too. Where the image sometimes that, that we see in ourselves, we don't really like that all that much. And all of us have had those moments or those, those thoughts or those ideas about things that we wish we, we could do differently or we would change about ourselves. And yet, how much do those thoughts change when we understand this truth? When we understand that God didn't make any mistakes, that God created us in his very image. That God doesn't look at us and see imperfections or see failures or see shortcomings, but God looks at us and he sees or what he originally created was for us to be a reflection of himself. Now, sin has gotten in the way and all that kind of stuff, but that was the way that you and I were created. And you and I can, can walk around with, with, with that encouragement and look at, at ourselves in the mirror and go, man, God, you've created me in your image. Here's the other thing that God has done for us. And this is, this is what makes this, this so cool. I mean, when, um, when I was um, in, in high school, let me, go, let me backtrack. 
when I was in high school, or actually college, uh, I was in a band, and we sucked, all right, quite honestly. Um, but the, the name of our band, are you ready for this? The name was Image. Man, no laughter. Yeah, it was terrible. I, and I promise we were not a boy band, all right? We weren't like Flockhart, all right? We were not in a boy band. But we thought, whatever, for whatever reason, we thought that was a cool band name. And so it was like, you know, kind of that whole deal of we get to reflect God and that kind of thing. But, I mean, that makes a pretty crappy band name. And um, now it, it did have its benefits because at that time, that's where I met Angie and she was in love with me. And, um, and I'm sure it was because of the band name, the really cool band name that we had. So it did have its benefits, but let's be honest. I mean, that makes a really terrible band name. But it's really incredible when you think about that's the way that God created us. God didn't make a mistake that God created us to to reflect his glory and his power. Here's the next thing. God created us not only in his image, but God created us with purpose. You and I were created before the world even existed with purpose and meaning. And not just with any purpose. I mean, you and I were, were created with a purpose that is, is incomparable to anything else. There's nothing else that you could match up to that would compare with this. God created us not only to reflect him, but to give, bring glory and honor to him through the way that we live. God created you with purpose. God created me with, with meaning. God created me and you with value. Here's the, the, the saddest thing, I think, for, for a lot of people that, that choose to believe in evolution. All right, and I know there's some of us in the room who, who believe this. Is that at the end of the day, there's, there's no purpose. I mean, there's, there's no meaning to life. Like, we, we live, we die, that's it. It's over. No, like, nothing really matters. And so, and maybe that's sometimes a, a little bit of, of the attraction with with believing in that and is because we can do whatever we want to do. But with that also comes the reality that we have no purpose in life. I mean, there's no reason why we breathe. There's no reason why we're on this earth. And, and that to me is, is the most heartbreaking thing because I look and see a much different story that's being told. That we don't have to wander through life feeling like, you know what, I don't add any value or I don't have any meaning or I don't have any significance. Because God created us and he gave us a greater purpose than anything else. God set us apart. God created us in his image with purpose so that you and I could bring glory and honor to the creator. Now I look at, and especially with this age group, I think... You know, and we hear it all the time of, of, um, of teenage suicide, and you look at the stats and all that kind of stuff, and, and I think a, a lot of the reason why maybe teenagers feel like they're, they get to a place where they've got to kill themselves is because they feel like they add no value. Maybe it's because people have told them that. Maybe it's because they just, they haven't really figured out what they're good at. Maybe it's just because... For whatever reason, they get to a point in a lot of cases where they just feel like they have no purpose. 
And I'd be naive to think that there's not some of you guys in the room that feel the exact same way. I would bet that there's some of you guys in the room who, who maybe right now in this very moment, you feel that about your life. You look and you just feel like you're a waste of space. You look and, and you just feel like, you know what, I have no significance, I have no value. Maybe people have spoken lies into your life, they've told you things, and maybe for whatever reason you've bought into that and you believe that. And you stand here now in this moment and you just feel like, you know what, I've got no purpose. And I want to encourage all of us, and maybe some of you guys have never heard this before, you matter. Every single one of you in this room matter. You have purpose. You're not an accident, you're not a mistake. God the creator knit you together. He put you together and created you exactly the way that he wanted you to be. And all the things that you wish that you could change about yourself and you know, those things maybe physically or emotionally or whatever you look and you're like, man, I would do this differently. God looks at that as part of his incredible creation. And God has given you and put in your heart and in your mind and on your life, he has stamped it, the purpose to bring glory and honor to him. And maybe we just need to stop and let that soak in. I mean, maybe there are some of us in the room who mom and dad have have. have for whatever reason, have, have fed our, our hearts and our minds with a bunch of crap and they've you know, told us that we're worthless or maybe other people tell us that we're worthless. And I think if, if you guys could just be encouraged enough to know tonight that you have value and significance because the creator has, has given that to you. And all of us have purpose. All of us have significance and meaning. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Part of what I love about the whole idea of, of God's purpose that he created us with, you know how committed God was to the purposes that he made us with and gave to us? Is that, it, you know, we read Genesis chapter one and creation's amazing and it's awesome and God speaks and he says everything's good and you know, it's, it's perfect and look at what I have created. And then in Genesis chapter two, sin comes along and screws the whole thing up. And a lot of you guys know the story, Adam and Eve, they disobey God, they do what they're not supposed to do and with that comes the curse of sin upon creation, upon all mankind. And so now creation groans, and there are things like natural disasters and all that kind of stuff. And our own hearts, we're, we're born wicked, and we're born into sin. And sin has come along in Genesis chapter 2 and has messed up what God's plan was. And God very easily could have gone, you know what, that, maybe I just should just start this whole thing over, or maybe I just sit back and just kind of let sin take its course. And God very easily could have stood back and done nothing. And yet God jumped into our mess and into our sin and he did what he only he could do and he gave up his life through Jesus on the cross. 
so that our, our broken relationship with God could be brought back to the way that it was in the beginning. And God did that because he was committed to the plan and the purpose that he had created us in the beginning with. I mean, God knew all along before anything had even happened that that was going to take place. And God, as part of his purpose, as part of his plan, knew that Jesus was going to come and pay the penalty for our sin. And that was all part of God's plan. And how committed God was to see that through and how much love God had for us was rather than just allow sin to continue to cause chaos and havoc in our world, God jumped in and he rescued us and he brought us back into a right relationship with himself. Here's the third thing. God created us with detail. God has created us with incredible detail. I mean, we talked in that first week about the universe and some, just some of the details and things like that, but have you, ever, have you ever looked at the details of the human body? Have you ever thought about the complexity of how things work and, you know, the, the organs and, and the brain and how everything works together? Part of what makes this so incredible is that God has created you and I with incredible detail. Again, Psalm 139, verse 13 says, You are the one who put me together inside my mother's body. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. I want you guys to, to take just a, a minute or two and, and check out this verse, or excuse me, check out this video that just talks about the complexity of the human body. Check this out. Now, that, that quick video just gives just a, a little bit of a taste of how incredibly detailed 
we are as, as human beings. How much detail, how, again, go back to that Hebrew word, barah, that God worked and God put forth effort, that God thought through everything and created us with incredible detail. That God, again, knows everything about us. That God has even numbered the hairs on our head. Which for Kimball Walton may not be that big of a deal, but for most of us is, a, is pretty significant. That God knows everything about us, that God has put us together and how complex he has made us. And as you study that and as you look at some of those details, it's evident and clear that there is a God who has created us. Here's the last thing. Is that God created us with a need for him. God created us with a need for him. God did not make you and I independent. All right, he did not create us so that we could kind of then go off and do what we want to do and just kind of turn us loose and look to resolve our own problems, or our own situations, or just kind of go through life by ourselves. God created us before the world was even made. God knew us, knew everything about us, and created us with a need for himself. Which again goes back to the image, goes back to us reflecting him, goes back to us having an opportunity by the way that we live to bring him glory. Because he's the one that gives us purpose. He's the one that gives us meaning. He's the one that that leads us and guides us. He is the one that, that breathes life into us. And everything that we have comes from God. And he has created us with a need for himself. And when sin entered the world, that just made that need greater and more urgent. And God is the only one that can give us what we need. And that's how the the whole message of the gospel ties into this. Because what makes, I think, the greatest evidence that God exists is a changed life. Is the fact that you and I were lost in our sin and we desperately needed God. And as God grabs a hold of our heart, as God transforms us and changes us, that brings back and proves evidence that God is who he says he is. I think what makes it so incredible is when I look through this room and I, and I see student after student that God is transforming. That God is changing you and that you were a year ago or two years ago or even a month ago, you were someone different than you are tonight. And how much that speaks into the creator who loves us and created us with incredible detail and with a need for himself. Here's a main point for us tonight. The greatness of God is not only evident in his ability to create the universe, but also in the intimate detail he used to create me. Some of you guys got it right fast. The the greatness of God is not only evident in his ability to create the universe, but also in the intimate detail he used to create me. And it goes back to what I said at the beginning. You know, as, as incredibly great and powerful and big as God is, what blows me away the most and what should for, for many of us is that God created me. God created you. That you are no accident, that you are not some mistake, that you're not just someone that just exists and you have no purpose or meaning. That God has created you and he loves you and he's given you incredible value.
why this is such a big deal, why this matters so much, is because it impacts us personally. For us to be able to understand, well, what took place in the beginning? Is there a God that loves us? Is there a God that created everything? Because if there's not, then you and I have no purpose, and it doesn't really matter. And we can close the doors, and, you know, it's great that we help people in Nicaragua, but at the end of the day, for what? For what purpose? Because we're all going to die one day anyway. So what does it really matter if we better their life when it doesn't really serve any greater purpose? What benefit does it do us if we show up here every single week and we study this book and we try to encourage each other? For what reason? For what purpose if at the end of our lives we die and then we, we no longer exist and nothing else that we live for had any significance or any, any purpose? That's what I think makes what we're talking about such a big deal. Is God, the creator, not only spoke the universe into existence, but he gave us purpose and meaning. And it's found in a relationship with him. That he has made us in his image, that he's created us with purpose, that he's created us with detail, and he's created us with a need for himself. And every single day that we exist, it's an opportunity for us to live out the purpose that the creator has given us to bring him glory. And at the end of the day, that's the only thing that matters. You and I have purpose. You and I have value. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for who you are. God, we pray that, um, God, that tonight that you would just, you would challenge us. God, wherever we are right now, God, maybe there's some of us in, in the room who have walked in believing 100% wholeheartedly that you are not out there somewhere. Believing that they've reasoned this out and they've thought through or maybe they feel like there's no evidence for you. God, I pray that because you care about everything that we see and everything that we feel, God, you know the thoughts that we have. God, you care greatly about where we are right now. God, you care about the students in the room who have thrown their hands up and said, I don't believe that, that, that there's a God out there that loves me or that created anything. God, that you love them. God, I pray that you would reveal yourself in an incredible way. God, I pray maybe there are students in the room that, maybe even leaders, God, that we have questioned whether or not we have any significance or any value. God, maybe there are students who have walked in tonight who, who maybe are at the end of their rope. And they've thought that they have no, no purpose and that they're just a, an accident or a mistake. God, I pray that in the, in the power of, of who you are, God, I pray that you would reveal truth to their heart. That they would understand, God, that you, you make no mistakes. That you created them with purpose. That you love them. God, I pray for all of us that we would live out this purpose that you created us for. God, not to do our own thing, not to live the way we want to live, but to know you, to bring glory and honor to you. 
God, I pray that you would be glorified in everything that we do. God, we thank you for who you are, and we praise you in your name. Amen.